So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. The Jim Crow era. A panel discussion will follow. It includes an alumnus, the filmmakers, and local scholars. The screening again is tonight at the North Carolina Museum of History. The event starts at 7, and then you can listen to that panel discussion. Check it out if you can. Thanks for joining us here at 530. The news at 6 starts now. A nationally renowned civil rights attorney says the six officers involved in the death of Daryl Williams should be charged. If it was important in Memphis, it's important in Raleigh, North Carolina, too. The rally and march held today and how Raleigh police are responding. For weeks, WRL has waited for answers from State Auditor Beth Wood about her hit and run crash. So we decided to go to her in person. You're a public official elected to hold other public officials accountable. Coming up, her response and who she blames. The timeline for when rain creeps in and temperatures take a nosedive. Today, while standing at a memorial, prominent civil rights attorney Ben Crump and the family of the man killed after being in Raleigh police custody called for the officers involved to be charged. Thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan. And I'm Gerald Owens. Darrell Williams died after police used a taser on him several times, even after he said he had heart problems. Body camera video and surveillance footage shows Williams running for officers after they tased him for the first time. WRL's Chelsea Donovan joins us now live after hearing from Crump and Williams' family. Chelsea? Deborah, attorney Ben Crump calls what happened to Darrell Williams inhumane and torturous after he was shocked three times by a taser just shy of a month ago. Police say Williams resisted their arrest and ran. Now, Crump believes those officers involved should be charged with manslaughter due to what he calls their complete disregard for human life. Attorney Ben Crump enters the sanctuary of Mount Peace Baptist Church, situated just yards away from where Darrell Williams was shocked three times by a taser in the hands of Raleigh police. Miss Williams hasn't had a peaceful night Come on. since her son was killed due to excessive force. What's seen in this body cam video is what brought Crump to the capital city today. The people who were supposed to hear his cries the most Let it fall on deaf ears when they tased him again. Crump, flanked by social justice advocates, says Williams should have never been approached in a parking lot last month by police. Keep both of your hands on the car. If you don't, if you can't listen to my instructions, I'm going to put you in handcuffs. We don't see them going into white neighborhoods with this proactive policing. That was my firstborn. That was my only son. He shouldn't be dead. And I want justice. Crump believes Williams was targeted due to the color of his skin and that a taser should never have been deployed simply because Williams resisted and ran. We can offer you thousands, thousands 
of videos where white citizens didn't comply and they didn't end up dead. We don't believe they use excessive force. Rick Armstrong, part of the local Teamsters Police Union, who represents two of the officers involved, believes they acted appropriately. Well, the tasers are used uh, anytime an individual is resisting arrest or um, attempting to assault another police officer. Crump is calling on the six officers involved to be charged with manslaughter. He wants swift justice like what happened in Memphis after the beating death of Tyree Nichols. But if it was important in Memphis, it's important in Raleigh, North Carolina too, to see swift action taken, swift justice. Armstrong says that call for justice is premature. And I think it's completely irresponsible for someone to make that kind of claim before the investigation is even complete. Say his name! After the rally, Crump and about a dozen others marched to the spot Daryl Williams was shocked three times before he died, his mother laying a bouquet of flowers. Six officers are on administrative leave as the SBI is investigating. They will then turn that over to the district attorney to see if any charges need to be filed. I did reach out today to Raleigh Police to see if they had any comment on what Crump is asking for. And they say they do not comment on ongoing investigations. Deborah. Chelsea Donovan live in Raleigh. Thank you, Chelsea. Now, we looked at Raleigh police guidelines and officers are not allowed to use a taser when a person is only passively resisting or when a person is running away from an officer. They're also not allowed to use a taser on someone who is handcuffed unless they are violent and likely to harm someone. We are in line for another change in the weather. Certainly didn't feel like winter today with warm temperatures and plenty of sunshine, but rain is on the way for the morning commute. Meteorologist Mike Mays is in the WRL Severe Weather Center to tell us when we could see the changes. Mike. Uh, during the latter part of the morning commute, Gerald, that's when we should see some of this rain arrive. A robust system this afternoon with three reports of tornadoes touching down across Mississippi. This system will look completely different by the time it gets here tomorrow morning. We'll start Futurecast at 5 a.m. Now, each successive run of Futurecast we get in, the system is slowing down more and more. So a couple of things. It looks like the rain probably won't get here till the end of the morning commute. Still exit the area around 2 to 3 o'clock, but the cooling may not take place until tomorrow evening, so the better part of the day tomorrow could be quite mild. So by 7 a.m., we're still not looking at a whole lot of rain. That should move in at the latter part of the commute. By 9 a.m., some spotty rain in the area. The core of the rain, really not all that heavy. 9, 10, 11 a.m., if you're heading out to lunch, make sure you have rain gear because there will be a little bit of rain around. And by 1 and 2 o'clock, the rain continues to head to the east, and I think after 2 o'clock, most of the rain will be gone from the Triangle, so Fan Fest at that point in downtown Raleigh should look pretty good and clearing skies tomorrow evening and then tumbling temperatures. Now, we'll have a closer look at the rainfall potential with Futurecast coming up in about 15 minutes, Gerald. All right, my thanks. A law firm is ready to file the first class action lawsuit over contaminated water at Camp Lejeune. This is a story WRL Investigates has covered for years. Thousands of Marines and their families were exposed to toxic water at Camp Lejeune from the 1950s through the 1980s. Last year, they finally received congressional approval to receive compensation for health issues. For the first time since her hit-and-run case became public, we're hearing directly from State Auditor Beth Wood. She's charged with crashing her state-owned vehicle, then leaving the scene. Video we received afterwards shows her being ushered away. That's her car propped up against that other one. And here is Beth Wood being ushered away moments after that crash. WR Investigates Colin Browder spoke with Wood today, or a few days ago, outside her office in downtown Raleigh, and he joins us live. Colin, we've been waiting to hear from her for, for a long time now. What did she tell you? 
Well, Gerald, she continued to dodge our questions. Because Beth Wood is a public official, WRL submitted a series of questions, including did she leave the scene of that crash because she'd been drinking? After waiting for weeks for answers, we decided to go to her in person. The images linked to a statewide public official are stunning. After leaving a holiday party on December 8th, Beth Wood's state-issued car collided with a parked vehicle on Salisbury Street and got stuck on the hood. She later issued a statement apologizing for leaving the scene with the car still running. WREL waited weeks for more answers about what happened, why she left, was she drinking, and why she continued to drive another state car despite warnings from Motor Fleet. So we tried to get those answers in person. Instead, Wood directed blame at the media. Can you talk to us? Mark, here's the deal. It never works to talk to you guys, no matter what I say, no matter how I try to tell it, it never comes out in the media the way I say it. So for 15 years, I have figured out that talking to y'all doesn't work for me. So I'm just not going to do that dance. But we, we've just asked you specific questions. I'm sorry, because it never, it never comes out. No matter what I say, no matter how it really is, it never shows up in the media that way. So you're, you're, I am not going to You're a public official elected to hold other public officials accountable. Can, can you talk about what happened with the crash? No answer as Wood drove off in a privately owned Cadillac. And we should note that over the past 15 years, we have been welcomed to this office to talk to Beth Wood about her audits and then welcomed back once again. That is until her hit and run charges. Gerald, her misdemeanor case is due back in court next month. Yeah, many of us have interviewed Beth Wood in her office. Colin Browder reporting live from Raleigh. Thank you, Colin. Deliberations are underway in the case of a former Goldsboro area teacher accused of molesting students from more than 20 years ago. 53-year-old Warren Riley is charged with multiple counts of indecent liberties with a child. Riley was a teacher at Faith Christian Academy in Wayne County. He was arrested in August 2020. Riley's attorneys say he hasn't, he was not made aware of these allegations for more than two decades and has denied them outright. The trial ran for several weeks and a jury has been considering the case since yesterday. The trial will continue into tomorrow. Rural areas of the state are getting some money for some much-needed improvements in the sewer and water systems. This is part of a new federal grant. Governor Cooper visited the town of Pine Tops in Edgecombe County to announce the new infrastructure funding. The grant will add $3.6 billion as a result of the bipartisan infrastructure plan approved by the last Congress. So with these first rounds that we've been able to do that we're celebrating these two projects here today, we've been able to invest in water infrastructure in 86 counties. The governor also said the current project in Pine Tops is funded by nearly $8 million to replace water lines. Currently, those leaking lines have lost up to 25% of the town's water per year. Guns are getting into the hands of teenagers, and they're coming from where they spend most of their time. Coming up, the growing social media trend, which can lead to deadly consequences. And the ice is set, the seats are in place, and everyone is getting ready for the stadium series. Casey Hintz will join us live after getting on the ice herself.
Right now, effects on pets and wildlife, increasing worries about safety for those living near the site of that Ohio toxic train crash. We'll have the latest and our look at why a shortage of a drug used to treat ADHD is getting worse when we see it tonight. You are looking live at North Hills and you see people driving home from their evening commute and the lights are starting to come up across the area. You're watching WRL News available on YouTube TV, Spectrum and the WRL app on your TV or streaming device. It is becoming easier to buy a gun. Social media is opening doors, especially for young people to get weapons illegally. WRL's Durham reporter Sarah Kruger details this growing trend that can have deadly consequences. Only 15 years old, Ian Wells was killed at a gas station in 2021 in an Instagram sale gone wrong. Prosecutors say he was meeting up with someone to buy ammunition when he was fatally shot. Social media as a free-for-all weapons store is becoming more prevalent. How often is it that you see this kind of thing happening? Um, I mean, it's very common. Daniel Meyer is a defense attorney in Durham who says he has represented presented too many clients to count who were charged with serious crimes committed with guns they bought online. I've represented several homicides and shootings where the firearm was ultimately acquired or originally acquired um, via social media. It's incredibly prevalent right now. It's a trend police in Durham have certainly noticed as well. If you are purchasing a handgun on Instagram, for example, then we know that that is not the legal way to actually, actually purchase a handgun. How have those cases turned out for the defendants? Usually not good because one of the problems with using social media and using the internet to set these things up is you're creating a record of it. While that permanent record may be bad for the defendant, it is very helpful for investigators who say you would not believe the incriminating things people post on social media. Folks, you know, smoking weed, they have guns out. Lieutenant Quincy Tate currently works with the Durham Police Public Affairs Unit. She used to be a homicide investigator. With our younger population, um, I don't I don't think they realize the damage that they're doing to themselves when they're using social media, which is unfortunate. It's, it really is unfortunate and sad to see. Meyer believes the uptick in social media as a gun sales platform took off during the pandemic. Because that's when everyone got much more used to communicating via social media. Police hope this serves as a cautionary tale to parents. I would definitely say, you know, have access to your child's phone. Look at that. Look at their phone. See who they're talking to. Sarah Kruger, WRAL News, Durham. The Durham Police Department is holding an open house to recruit officers. It's happening right now until seven o'clock at police headquarters. People can learn about the benefits of being an officer and the salary that comes with the job. There is also a chance to learn more about the training requirements for policing. A similar event is happening again on March 2nd. The Fan Fest event is taking shape. Look, we can see the Ferris wheel now going yeah. up on Fayetteville <laughs> Street in this live picture. Not spinning, Mike, but it's a beautiful day to walk by. Walk up and take a look at it if you're down. Yeah, and it's changing colors. So people who are walking down Fayetteville Street are probably getting a little light display going on. And it almost feels like first night Raleigh because it's kind of the setup of what we had during first night. Uh, a lot of activity on uh, Fayetteville Street right now. It's a mild evening, 73 after a high of 78, which was not a record. The record high today, 81, set back in 2018. I think next Thursday and Friday we could be rivaling old record highs. Out there right now, 72 at Rocky Mount, 68, Roxborough, 70. 
in Southern Pines. And if it felt a little bit more humid today to you, you are correct. The dew points went up. Lena had made a comment earlier to me saying it felt like it was a little bit more humid. It will be very humid to start the day tomorrow when we see rain roll on in. So if you're going to be dog walking this evening, we got the 73 right now, 70 at 7, 8 o'clock, 68. Really no need for a jacket. And the breeze that we've had throughout the day stays up through the evening and may become quite windy by daybreak. Our winds in the morning from the southwest 10 to 20 miles per hour, perhaps gusting 30 to 35. There may be a little lull around lunchtime and then it picks back up later in the day in the evening from a different direction once the front passes. Have a 70% chance for rain tomorrow, the high 66. It's one day of winter. Saturday's low 32, the high 55, the normal high is 56, 35 the low on Sunday, and then Sunday afternoon we're up to 61 with mostly cloudy skies. Hour by hour rain chances have the rain gear in the morning. The morning commute, at least the latter part of the commute, likely to be wet, likely to be wet, closing in on lunchtime, and then after lunchtime the rain rolls on out. I still think we'll have pretty much an overcast for the afternoon commute, but it's not likely you'll run into rain on the way home. And not a huge rainmaker, not like what we last saw last Sunday, and folks on social media are saying, oh joy, more mud. Well, it's not going to be a big rain event, maybe about three-tenths of an inch of rain, and that's about it. Doesn't look like a hefty rainfall. So our forecast as we head into tonight, windy and it will be warm. We expect our low temperatures to range from 62 at Roxborough to 64 in Raleigh, 65 Fayetteville, 65 at Goldsboro, so it will remain warm. We don't really expect rain to roll into the area in our northwestern counties till about five or six. So if you're watching from our eastern counties and Fayetteville, you probably won't see rain in your area till probably uh, maybe 10, 11, even lunchtime. So it may be a little while before you see the rain. Now, Fan Fest for tomorrow. Again, we've been mentioning the first few hours of Fan Fest will have rain around, but during the afternoon, the uh, rain is over. We'll see plenty of clouds and the temperatures are not quick to dip down like we had mentioned yesterday since the system is slowing down a bit. So 60 by 5 o'clock tomorrow evening, 6 o'clock, it's 56. And later on in the evening, we'll have temperatures in the upper 40s to about 50 and it will be windy into the evening. Forecast highs tomorrow will likely be the first part of the day. 66 for us here in Raleigh, 70 in Fayetteville, 71 in Goldsboro. So not as warm as what we had around the area today. Now let's check out your seven day forecast again the weekend. One day of winter on Saturday. The stadium series game looks pretty good. The puck drop now looks like it'll be mid 40s. Still cold though. Morning low 32, the high 55, 35 for the low on Sunday. Sunday is mostly cloudy, no rain then, and really not much of a way chance for rain next week. 68 for President's Day on Monday, 73 on Tuesday, 78 Wednesday, 79 on Thursday. Both days, those are the record highs for the day. So we can either tie them or perhaps even go past that. Could there be an 80 next week? Stay tuned. <laughs> so hard to think about I in know. February. Thank you, Mike. Well, we're seeing the Fan Fest take shape and the game is getting closer and closer. Chris Lee is here. Where are your ice skates? Yeah, uh, I don't have any. <laughs> Just to go ahead and put a spoiler out there. Probably haven't been on ice since I was like 10 or 11. All right, this entire week has been a celebration for the Carolina Hurricanes, and it ramps up tonight. Next in sports, WRL's Casey Hentz will join us live from PNC, PNC Arena, previewing tonight's game, including Cam Ward being the first induction into the team's Hall of Fame. That's next.
Boy, this looks like a lot of fun. Look at this. WRL's Casey Hentz had a chance to skate on the ice at Carter-Finley Stadium today before the team even had a chance to do it because it's a celebratory week for the Carolina Hurricanes. The stadium series has turned into a huge celebration for the Canes, including Cam Ward being the first player inducted into the team's Hall of Fame tonight. No skates on right now, just regular shoes. WRL's Casey Hentz with the beautiful jacket on joining us live at PNC Arena ahead of tonight's celebration of Cam Ward. Casey. Well, Chris, a Hall of Fame jacket for a Hall of Fame night. You said the word celebration. That's exactly what tonight is for Cam Ward, his family, the Hurricanes organization, but also all these great fans who watched this kid come in here in 2006 and grow up right before their eyes. Of course, not before bringing this team their first ever Stanley Cup championship. is a part of the inaugural Hall of Fame class, joining Ron Francis, Glenn Wesley, and of course, former teammate and current Hurricanes head coach, Rod Brindamore. You know, I have a lot of uh, respect, number one, for, for him as a as person and just a lot of gratitude for what he did for our team and, and helping us win, but also what he meant as a Hurricane. Ward spent 13 years as a Hurricane, setting numerous franchise records along the way. For him, having that sort of longevity meant a lot. I took a lot of a lot of great pride in that to, to be able to play 13 years in, within this organization. Um, during that time, you established a lot of great friendships, a, a lot of great relationships, and uh, uh, over that that long period of time, I mean, this has essentially become home. It is home. Raleigh truly is home for him and his family. Are you ready for this? He is a Hurricanes season ticket holder. He says he's really enjoyed getting back to watching the game of hockey. He loves bringing his kids to these games and just sharing in the memories. And tonight, they will create one of their fondest memories yet when they raise this Hall of Fame banner to the rafters. Chris. Hall of Fame jacket, Hall of Fame report, Casey Hentz live at PNC Arena. The Stadium Series game is this Saturday at 8 o'clock. Don't miss our live coverage from myself. And, of course, you saw Casey Hentz at Carter-Finley Stadium Friday and Saturday on WREL. You know, it's a small gym, um, and so it doesn't take a lot to sell it out. Um, so we'll play in front of more fans uh, at other places. Hey, Courtney, I was curious kind of what your thoughts were about the first quarter in particular, about the way you guys responded with the crowd, the hostile noise, and no nothing going right early. Actually, I got to say, the gym in Bahamas was even louder and hotter. I guess, I guess we got a small media room, too. Yeah, we can't let the hockey festivities overshadow one of the biggest rivalries in our area, which is Courtney Bankhart versus Reynolds Coliseum. The UNC women's basketball team will take on NC State tonight at Reynolds. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock. We're going to be covering hockey for you. We're also covering women's basketball because tonight is a big night in our area. Yeah. Size of the gym matters. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. And thank you for joining us. We're minutes away from NBC Nightly News. Tonight, frustration and fear after a toxic train derailment. The head of the EPA's answer when asked whether people are safe. And tonight at 7 on WRL, NC State is trying to deal with a mental health crisis on campus. We're taking a closer look at what university leaders are doing to combat the problem. I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one -on -one help. 
a lot of students need. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.